The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Logan Brand, Jack Wright, and Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. The Bears lose, but make it to the playoffs. Bears drop another heartbreaker to the Green Bay Packers, 35-16, to 16, but somehow magically are in at 8-8. Eight and eight. Folks, if you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties can help you. As a third-generation realtor, my guy Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Jeff provides lots of information and market insight without any pressure, so you can make an informed decision about your next real estate experience. Visit GenevaJeff.com today or give him a call. Send him a text message. Jeff loves text messages. 630-254-4734 to speak with Jeff today about your home buying experience. For this portion of the podcast, we're actually going to turn it over to our Around the NFL guy, Kevin Alefsky, to tell us, Kevin, who is in and who is out? Real quick before I get there, I just wanted to give a reminder for all you football fans out there in March of 2020 the nfl voted to expand the playoff picture for the first time since 1990 so basically what this means is that of course we have one wild card spot uh, added for both the afc and the afc now only the top team in each division will receive that coveted first round bye. the first round of the playoffs will take place next week um three games on saturday three games on sunday it looks like so for the AFC, the reigning Super Bowl champs, Kansas City, finished their season with the best record in the NFL, 14-1. They will get that first round bye. The Colts, who are 10-5, uh, will take on the Bills, who are 13-3. The Cleveland Browns will be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 12-4. Uh, the Browns have made it to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Um, but they have that 11 uh, and five record now, which you know, good for them, good for those guys. The Ravens, who are 11 and five, will take on the Tennessee Titans, who are 10 and five. The AFC is looking strong this year. While the AFC playoff picture is set in stone, the NFC still has one moving piece. The opponents of an 11 and five Tampa Bay Bucks will be determined by the game tonight against the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. If the Washington football team wins, they will scrape into the playoffs with an eight and six, uh, eight and nine record. Excuse me. If they lose, the Giants will be the ones taking that spot against the Bucks. The Seattle Seahawks at 11 and four will be hosting a nine and six LA Rams. The good old Bears team will be taking on the Saints. And of course, looks like the NFC playoff picture will be running through a cold, cold Lambeau field. The Packers get their first round bye this week with a 12-3 and record. I've said it before, I'm looking forward for the Bears to come out, be the, uh, the underdogs in all of this, and to go to Lambeau and smack the Packers around. I'm rooting for you guys. I hope the best for all of you. Kevin, we just want to say thank you so much this season for helping us with uh, our Vikings episodes, our Around the NFL, uh, as well as hopping in and helping talk about the Detroit Lions game. Uh, we just thank you so much uh, for your help this season, Kevin. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It was always a blast. 
Again, I'm rooting for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a Bears shirt. I'm going to put it outside my house. I'm going to cheer as the Bears are winning, or at least I'm hoping they're going to win. Fingers crossed for you dudes. Thanks, Kevin. We appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's, uh, let's hop right in. Bears lose 35-16, yet another heartbreaking loss. Uh, the one saving grace is, yes, they are headed to the playoffs. Um, gentlemen, I just want to go just quickly around uh, to see what are your thoughts. Before we get to our bad bear and your game balls, I want to hear what did you think about this game? Was it what you expected? What went wrong? Any thoughts whatsoever? We are who we thought we were. It's, it's what I expected to happen. The general flow of the game was what I kind of expected. I didn't want it to happen, of course, but it was just a good start. You can even feel it after that first drive when we score a touchdown. It's like, this is going a little bit too well. And we're playing the Green Bay Packers right now, so things are going to go less well. Rodgers developed that connection with Adams as he always does every time he takes the field and Roquan got hurt and that was the day. While the weaknesses are clearly obvious and I think we know what they are and we will go over them in great detail I imagine in this podcast it was exciting to see them control the ball it was exciting to see them really do a great job with clock management it was exciting to see them be in the game and the game means something and it could be that it's a new year and I'm turning over a new leaf and just trying to be positive. But I did think that there was some positives. I'm excited to have some skin in the game next week. I'm excited that there's Bears football. Mike, before we hear from you, Jack, I think one of the points that I want to really focus in on what you just talked about, the, the clock management. They seem to do an excellent job of that in that third quarter, especially it stinks that it. It fell short with, with no points, uh, but they clearly did what they were hoping to do, which is keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field. Mike, what about you? Just general reactions to today's game. You know, if you go on Twitter, you'll see that it seems like the Bears lost by 40 points when in reality, it was a lot closer than that. It was, what, 21 to 16 in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. The Bears actually had more first downs than the Packers. They did control the clock, like Jack was saying. And so there are some positives to take away. You know, we were competitive with the Packers for three, three and a half quarters. And there are some good things to look at moving forward, uh, especially for the Saints game next week. All right, gentlemen, let's let's talk about your bad bears. Uh, the guys that stuck out to you, whether that be coaching staff or players, Guys that you thought were responsible in some way, shape, or form for this loss. Logan, I'm going to go to you first. Who is this week's bad bear for you? I have a sneaking suspicion I'm going to get to steal this from a couple of other people, but it has to be Chuck Pagano. The amount of times that I saw a linebacker, Danny Trevathan, Trevathan Josh Woods, on Devontae Adams, oh my God, it just, there were so many inexcusable things that were going on with the defense Rogers really as much as we got some pressure on Rogers, but at no point did he really look like he was phased by that pressure. He always had an answer for it. And maybe that's partially Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers, but it was very predictable what they were doing. And just, just I've never watched a team put themselves in worse defensive matchups than the bears put Kyle Fuller on Devontae Adams. I know it's not that simple. I know that there are nuances to NFL defenses, but 
it's inexcusable to put players who are just purely not as athletic as Devonte Adams and not many people in this league are as athletic as him, but you've got to at least get a corner, a skilled proven cornerback on him at all times. And too many times today that didn't happen. And it's because of Chuck Pagano. And there is no doubt in the world that that man won't have a job at the end of the season. Mike, uh, I know that you, you're pretty amped up to talk about this one. Mike, let's hear from you. So I actually wrote and I, I made a video last week, maybe two weeks ago, about Duke Shelley. And I was saying, hey, Duke looks like a pretty good player. He, uh, he closes with excellent speed. He has good instincts. He tackles well. And I'm feeling a little bit of regret saying that, uh, you know, everyone should feel confident about Duke Shelley replacing Buster's screen next year because he looked really bad today. And not just against Devontae Adams in the slot. We were talking about Scanling on the outside that just blatantly ran past him. And that should have been a touchdown. That dude dropped that what it would have been like a 50 or 60 yard touchdown pass from, from Aaron Rodgers and Shelly just let him run right past. He had a really, really tough game. Fellas, is there some sort of a, an award for the most dropped interceptions in a game? I, I don't know if it fits under the category of, you know, you know, give your, your bad bear award. That's somewhere on the radar. I'm going to go bears defensive line. I, you know, a little bit in relation to what Logan was saying, definitely some really poor matchups that Chuck Pagano was responsible for. I think he was trying to play man because his hope was that he could put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers and not give him that four seconds to throw the ball. Well, he blitzed, he brought people off the edge and he tried to get that pass rush while playing man. And it just failed miserably mainly because the bears couldn't get to the quarterback and, and let's face it, if they've played good teams this year, they haven't gotten to the quarterback, especially in relation to a pass rush. And so while there have been some highlights, especially in the run game with the D-line, we've just seen a really difficult time when it comes to the Bears' defensive line getting to the quarterback outside of maybe what Bilal Nichols. Uh, and I, I didn't hear his name today either. So defensive line. I was really hoping to see Akeem Hicks step up today, and I saw him make one play. And, in fact, he almost got himself ejected earlier in the game. I don't know if you remember that. But um, I saw him make one defensive play. And in your latest video, Jack, you were talking about hands on your hips, hands on your hips. This is a coaching thing or this is a conditioning thing that the Bears have. And Akeem Hicks had his hands on his hips the second play of the game. And I'm just thinking to myself, are you really that tired already? No, it's absolutely true, Mike. And what we talked about in that video was just the idea of when players get tired, they begin to put their hands on their hips or they begin to get in their stance in a really sluggish way. And, you know, granted, these players are elite and, and maybe that matters more in a high school or a college type atmosphere. But to me, that type of body language, that type of discipline, that, that really does permeate the entire defensive play. And I think it looks, like it, it looks like a lack of discipline, you know? And so when we see breakdowns on the Bears' D, I think that's part of the reason we see th those breakdowns. It really is part and parcel. If you've got Chuck Pagano with a pretty poor game plan, with pretty poor matchups, if he's not requiring guys to 
to pursue the ball if he's not requiring the guys to get into great pre-snap alignment and assignment and to be in a good stance and be in fundamental, you know, sound in fundamentals. That all comes together to show some weaknesses in the Bears defense. Folks, if you haven't gone to BearDownReport.com to check out both Mike and Jack's uh, latest film breakdown, it's really, really good. Uh, you, need to, you need to get out there and you need to do that right away. Uh, Mike, to your point, talking about Duke Shelley, uh, I was ripping on Kendall Vildor, and I thought he actually played a lot better, except for, to Jack's point, dropping an interception. Bartavius Mingo, who, who saw end zone. He saw nothing else. It was in his hands, end zone and nothing else, and dropped it. If that guy's on this team next year, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. And of course, Mike, I'm shocked that you didn't say it, but I'm going to say it. Eddie Jackson, what is this guy doing? I, I don't understand. I, okay, that would have been a tough catch. I'm not talking just about the interception, but what else did he do for the entire game? I, I, he, he's, he is non-existent. Guys, my, my bad bear is going to go to a guy who I have defended uh, and I've picked on quite a bit. It's just Matt Nagy. In three seasons, Matt Nagy has won one game against the Green Bay Packers, and it was close. It was really, really close. That was 2018. At, at this point, your team, you couldn't get them ready to go on a game that was win and in, they, they were embarrassed. I, I, I understand, you know, that, that it, it was close for most of this game, but final score is the final score, 35 to 16. That's embarrassing. You're not good against the Green Bay Packers. You're really, really, really bad against it. One of the things that I saw, Ian Rappaport was reporting, that's a tongue twister, to say that Matt Nagy was going to be more involved in the play calling. There were a few times tonight that you, you, you scratch your head going, what are you doing? This, this is not what has been working for you. Well, folks, I, I would not be shocked to know that that was Matt Nagy that was calling those plays. I would really, when you're bringing up Matt Nagy, there is something that I have to bring up that was in the moment just didn't make any sense to me. And it was kicking a field goal when you're down 21 to 13, fourth and goal from the two-yard line, look, I understand. In a perfect world, it makes sense to get points in that situation. But Dangle, you said it. The Bears have beaten the Packers one time under Nagy. Is that correct? You have, you know, be realistic with yourselves. You need a touchdown in that situation. You don't need points. You don't need a field goal. You need to get some you-know-what, and you need to go for it on fourth and two. If you don't get it, I don't know. As a fan, I don't, I don't think if they would have gone for it there and not gotten it, I don't think I would have been too disappointed because you know that Rodgers is connecting with Adams. He is doing it whenever he wants to do, and he will continue to do that. You don't have Roquan Smith at this point. Go all out. Score a touchdown there. It makes no sense to me. You know who you are. Be honest with yourselves. And, oh, that was infuriating to see that. That's a great point, Logan. I mean, especially since you know you're outclassed. There's, there's really nobody that can, we can point to on the Bears' offense that matches up with the level of talent that Green Bay has. So if you're going to trade field goals for touchdowns, you're going to lose the game. So your point couldn't be more appropriate in that particular case. And, and maybe it's, you know, you don't talk much about special teams because quite honestly, it's not that interesting. But is there ever 
in the entire season, did we see any creativity out of the special teams all year long? Here's the beauty of special teams in a game like this, especially. And, and something about this, I think, is really indicative of a great coach. When you are you know, in special teams, basically speaking, you do the same thing, right? Kick the ball off, return it. You know, it, it seems really mundane. It's right when you think that the other team is falling asleep on special teams, that's when a great coach inserts some type of creativity into the special teams game and everybody just goes, oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. So even on that field goal, I don't know. I mean, when's the last, when's the last time we faked a field goal, faked a punt? It can be very, very bad. And coaches can lose their jobs over it, but it can also be exciting, momentum changing, and freaking awesome. There was no sense of urgency in that game for Matt Nagy. And that's a great point that you bring up there of just trying something. Try a fake field goal. If there ever was a time for one, and it's easy to go back and be like, oh, they tried, should have tried a fake field goal there. But it's true. You're fighting for your life right now, Matt. Do something. Try to beat the team that you cannot beat. Do something different. Yeah, Chuck Pagano said that there was going to be no bullets left in the chamber this week. Well, it seemed pretty vanilla and pretty standard all game, so it seemed like he was just doing some lip service. Matt Nagy seemingly tries not to lose instead of winning the game, and, and maybe that's because he had play-calling duties taken away from him. I don't know. Jack, to your original point, nailed it. Cordero Patterson has one kickoff for a touchdown. He's excellent at it. Okay, change it up, shake it up. Uh, do you guys remember it was a few years ago that they would use Devin Hester as a decoy and let somebody else return it? Try it. I mean, why not? Green Bay Packers special teams has been atrocious all season long. That, that's where the lone turnover comes from uh, is on special teams. Why not take advantage of it? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Gentlemen, let's switch over and let's, 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 focus on some of the good things that happened in this game because there were some good things. Mike, I'm going to come right to you. Who is your game ball going to for this game against the Packers? I'm so glad that I get to go first this time and I probably get to steal everyone else's player of the game, but it's got to go to Darnell Mooney. He is really, really good. And for a guy that came into the league being accused of being too small. This guy is going to uh, not be able to hold up to the rigors of, of the NFL. You know, he is breaking tackles after contact. He is, he is breaking tackles. As, sorry, he's getting yards after contact. On the play that he got injured where Adrian, Adrian Amos kind of smacked him out of bounds there, he broke three tackles before getting pushed out of bounds. He is slippery. He's got great, great hands, and he's really, really fast. Darnell Mooney coming in with 11 receptions for 93 yards. Both are career highs for him in this really good rookie season. Uh, Jack, what about you? Who is getting your game ball for this evening? You know, in a room full of baseball fans, and I, I would say Logan might be one of the most avid baseball fans that I know and is incredibly knowledgeable. I think you could back me up and say, in most sports today, there's a youth movement happening. And those youth movements are exciting. They're game changing and teams are being revolutionized by it. So my game ball goes to the Bears youth movement. When I look at Cole Komet, when I look at David Montgomery, when I look at Darnell Mooney on offense, if you start to couple those three guys specifically with some 
I would say instant game changer type players. I think you've really got something going. Man, I'm impressed with Cole Komet. That dude is a beast. He is so strong. He has sure hands. The fumble was, you know, that was, that was not great, obviously, especially in that particular position on the field. But I think you've got something going when you've got those three, that trifecta of a youth movement for the Bears. And that's the type of thing that I think you can start building around. Of course, the elephant in the room is you still have to find QB1. So, Jack, I want to come right back to you, though. Ryan Pace drafted all of those guys. I'm starting to look at the 2020 draft going, Jalen Johnson, he's pretty darn good. Cole Komet, he's pretty darn good. Darnell Mooney, he's really good. And Kendall Vildor looks like he could be pretty decent. Has this draft changed the way that you feel about Ryan Pace? That's a great question, Ryan. Isn't it? It's such a complex thing with him. You know, the misses are so bad that it just, you know, it's incredibly frustrating to look at Adam Shaheen, you know, Mitch, we've talked about so much, you know, there's other players, but the hits have been so darn good in certain instances, you know, so it's weird. I don't even know how you'd necessarily rate the guy um, because of some of those free agent home runs. And because of some of those draft home runs, you'd like to think that there is truly something good there. However, I think in a league like the NFL, if you can't pick a good quarterback, I'm not sure that you get to stay in that seat very long. And that's what it comes down to, sadly. Absolutely. 100%, Jack. And you know what? I've been saying from the beginning of the season that Ryan Pace has given Matt Nagy the tools to succeed. And that throughout the season, from what we've seen, it was Matt Nagy not utilizing the tools he's been given appropriately. I mean, you look at some of these guys that leave the Bears. Uh, Look at Mike Davis with the Panthers and, and the success he's been having. I see a bunch of talent on this Bears offense that is just not being utilized to their potential. And that really, really sucks, to be honest. And you know what? We have to rely on, on, on that quarterback pick. And can we trust Ryan Pace to pick another quarterback? It's just, it's just a tough call. But for me, I think that he, he does keep his job for 2021. And I think he's earned, earned his job for 2021. And I, I think Logan's probably shaking his head and he's about to lose it right now. Oh, no, yeah. I, I surprisingly agree with all the points that you guys are making. It's impossible to look at the roster and the guys who are making the impact and not see that there's an obvious connection between Ryan Pace and that group of guys. But it's coming back to the Achilles heel for the Chicago Bears. Quarterback. He has whiffed badly at every opportunity. I, you guys know I'm a big Mitch supporter and Mitch threw another just awful interception. You know, maybe the game was out of, out of hands. Uh, it was out of hand at that point, but does it really matter? Nick Foles, God, if he's back next year, or if, they, if they're saying that he's going to be in the starting, uh, if he's going to be in the running for starter, I'm going to throw up all over the place. Uh, Mike Glennon, this Ugh, he can't pick quarterback, but it seems like every other position, he's had home runs. Tariq Cohen, just Jalen Johnson. I mean, there are so many great players that are here. It's just maddening. Go ahead, Jack. I want to hear your thoughts. 
I'm glad you mentioned Tariq and, and Roquan's in there as well. I think really today was probably the most glaring view when it comes to Mitch. You've got a kid that looks like he's playing. He looks like a rookie. I mean, he's like, he's like basically, you know, uh, a game manager. And when you look across the field at the guy that they've got, number 12, uh, there's, there really just isn't any comparison. Now, is that unfair to compare Mitch to a, a Hall of Fame quarterback? Perhaps not. But as we're saying, the only way that you become at the big boy table in a truly meaningful way is to start to get somebody that at least has some semblance of the skills of, of, an, of an Aaron Rodgers and not a, not a kid you know, that's throwing, how many passes did he throw under 10 yards today? And did he complete them? Yes. Okay, great. I mean, what, am I supposed to be really excited about that? When he throws a deep ball down the middle and completes it, I mean, Mike, you probably had another stroke at that particular moment because that was, everybody was like, wait, was that, did the Bears just do that? That was awesome. Jack, my question to you is, is that because Ryan Pace drafted the wrong guy or is it because Matt Nagy failed to develop Mitch into a starting quarterback? Can I say yes? Because I think, I think really, truly, we've seen that that is the case, that, you know, the under Matt Nagy, he, he didn't excel. He was not put in a good position to be successful. And that probably did stifle his growth in a lot of ways. But I also think that if he is a truly successful quarterback, you're going to see flashes of greatness. You know, I bring it up probably more than I need to, but I, you know, I, I've told you before, Ryan, when I went to training camp a couple preseasons ago, I never once saw that moment during training camp where everybody's eyes just got big as saucers, you know, because Mitch did something phenomenal. It just didn't happen. It just wasn't there. I don't think, it, you know, maybe it's just redundant beyond belief. There's just something there. It, he doesn't have the it factor. He just doesn't. Seems like right now he is a placeholder. Logan, I want to come back to you because we haven't even given out your game ball yet. So, so Logan, who is getting your, your game ball for this game? So you guys took the good ones and be honest with you, you know, kind of cheated there, Jack, taking the youth movement, covering a bunch of different people. But uh, besides Komet and Mooney, I'll split mine down the middle between two guys. And I think this is the second time that I've praised Cairo Santos and given him my game ball. But I can give it to him again because you don't have to worry about him. He's, he's accurate as hell. And he's, what, three for three today, I believe, on field goals. You just don't have to worry about it. So that's the first one. Then the second one, just because this guy, I feel like, gets hated on, probably rightfully so a lot of the time. But Khalil Mack showed up at some certain spots today and did make a few big plays. He made Aaron Rodgers' life uncomfortable. So I, I want to at least point out that he did flash a bunch today. Should it be more? We could argue that, but I, I liked what I saw for the most part from him. Cairo Santos hitting 27 for 27 field goals, breaking Robbie Gold's record for consecutive kicks. That's insane. I, I have said this over and over again, and you guys are sick of me saying it. If he doesn't have a fat contract at the end of the season, that is a huge indictment of this Bears front office. Uh, I wrote about that in my quick hits this evening. There, there aren't a lot of guys left, but David Montgomery – 69 yards rushing, 63 yards receiving. He was a bully. The way that he, he seeks out the hit and, and just kept his legs churning, 
the reason why the Bears weren't successful running was not because of David Montgomery. It was because the, the offensive line was not getting a push. That dude made something out of nothing consistently. A few plays where he just moved. And, and honestly, I had a moment where I thought he blew out his knee. Thankfully, it was just a, a hyperextension. But he is another great, not good, but great draft pick by Ryan Pace. All right, gentlemen. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to New Orleans. I want to hear your thoughts just real briefly. Right now at this moment, a week to go, what are you thinking about the Bears headed to the playoffs? No, I'll, I'll take that bullet and I'll be the pessimist as everybody probably expects me to. I just, I, am I excited? maybe I, I wrote down that this is probably the least excited I've ever been for a Chicago sports team to make the playoffs. This compared to when the white Sox made the playoffs this last season is just like not even close. So let's just say worst case scenario, which could be a very possible scenario, Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith, and maybe Cole Komet. I don't know. He was shaken up at the end. All could be out next week. And if you don't have them, even if you don't have one of them, you're in big trouble. I am appreciative that we're going to get a shot, but it's hard for me to be optimistic. I don't think there's much of a chance, to be honest. Again, offensively, when you look at New Orleans, they don't, not only do they have one phenomenal quarterback, but their backup scores touchdowns and is a ridiculous athlete as well. Not only do they have one Hall of Famer, all-pro running back, but their backup is excellent as well. Receivers everywhere, Titans everywhere. Sean Payton is a better coach than anybody that's going to be on the sidelines for that playoff game. And there's really no questioning that. I think basically barring a miracle, it, it's just not going to happen. And you know, we're, we're going to just kind of say, hey, there was a playoff berth this year. They made it to the playoffs. And we're not going to probably remember it for, you know, many years to come. You know, I'm going to be the optimist and I'm going to say, do you know what? I'm really excited about a bears playoff game. You know what? In, in the year of COVID and, and all the other crap that just happened this year, you know, just let me be excited about a bears playoff game. Okay. And if anyone gives me crap about that, then you know what? whatever, but I am excited about a bears playoff game. I'm excited about Mitchell Trubisky kind of redeeming himself uh, from uh, that 2018 loss against uh, the Eagles. Luckily we have uh, a much better kicker in, in this, in this playoff game than last time. So I'm excited. It's the NFL. Anybody can win. The bears played the saints earlier on the season they went to overtime in that game. I'm, I'm really hoping that the Bears are, are kind of hungry for, for that kind of payback uh, from, from that game. Yes, is it tilted towards the Saints in essentially every facet of the game? Yeah, but I'm still excited about it. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be drinking beer and watching football next weekend, and I'm going to be really happy about it. I kind of am looking at this game as a bonus. We didn't even know if we would have football in 2020, 2021, and we have it. And we get one extra game. 
So in that regard, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. When it comes down to it, though, I don't trust this coaching staff at all. Chuck Pagano is, how do I put this politely? The worst defensive coordinator the Bears have had since Mel Tucker. That's saying a whole lot for anyone that has watched it. He consistently puts guys in the wrong position. He puts his players in a position to fail. The decline of this defense has been palpable. It's just, it's so, so obvious. I don't trust it. And offensively, do I think the Bears can score some points? Yes, but if Matt Nagy is putting his hands back in the playbook and play calling, then this team is is doomed. I I just don't see it. All right, so gentlemen, uh, I'm volunteering as tribute for this week's unpopular opinion. I've got one that is definitely related to the Chicago Bears. And there are going to be some strong takes from Bears fans about this. Soldier Field is not a good place to play a football game. The Chicago Bears should move to Arlington Heights and get an indoor stadium. I'm sick of watching the Chicago Park District make up some excuse for why the turf sucks. You guys saw it. David Montgomery had a field full of turf. And how many times do we watch a game where the turf monster tackles the Chicago Bears player or a team player? It's, it's just maddening to watch the Bears play on a substandard surface. Jack and I have both been on Soldier Field. The, the historic part of it, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. But the surface itself is a joke. And I know everybody loves, oh, it's bear weather, my friends. We got to have cold weather games because therefore that Bears will win. No, they won't. And, and if, in my 20s, I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to go and, and wear a, a T-shirt and jeans and show how tough I am. Now I'm almost 40. Dude, I just, I want to go and watch a good game. Look at Minnesota. Look at that beautiful stadium that they have. Look at what they have in Detroit, Ford Field. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be done. This might not be as unpopular as you think because anybody who's gone to a game at Soldier Field also and has tried to leave Soldier Field knows that it takes 18 and a half hours to do both of those things. So I love the allure of Soldier Field. Looks like a spaceship. That's cool. But actually, I don't think this is too, too unpopular. At least I don't think it will be. It's a great location. You know, when they do the flyovers and you see the lakefront and you see all the surrounding you know uh chicago you know sites it's 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 pretty cool but i mean the the sod fathers in town roger bosser from the you know for the Sox, he could come over i mean he came he even went over the to, to wrigley and helped them out with their field i mean if the cubs can ask for that kind of help you'd think the chicago park district might go hey roger can you come over and help us out with the field a little bit you know, and they, and they just kind of half-assed it, you know, I mean, maybe because they were so tied to the history of Soldier Field, they, they decided to do what they did. But I think you couldn't be more correct, Ryan, in the idea that they needed to start over. I mean, not only for the football team itself, but it, you, wanna, you ever want to have a Super Bowl? You want to have some concerts? You want to host local college teams or local high school teams? Hey, maybe someday you want to have the state you know, uh, high school playoffs for, for crying out loud in the city of Chicago. There are so many functions they cannot do because of the choice that they made. And 
Yeah. I mean, either they're not going to tear down what they just built, I suppose. So Arlington Heights probably is the best choice. Well, that they just built, it's almost 20 years old. They completed it in 2002. And at this point, that's an old stadium by NFL standards. I mean, obviously it's not Lambeau. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. And there is that historical part of it. But I don't know, gentlemen. I just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me. I, I, I agree. I think it is, um, it's a beautiful location indoors. There's not necessarily a bad seat in the house because it's the, one of the lowest capacities in the entire NFL. Time to talk about something different, gentlemen. Does this game change the way that you feel about Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, or Mitchell Trubisky? I can't even keep track of on a week-to-week basis what I've said about each of those people on this podcast, so I'm probably going to sound like a complete idiot. But this week, this week's Logan edition is very much done with Matt Nagy. I think I've always been done with Matt Nagy. Maybe during this podcast, I've been swayed to give Pace another year, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'll probably forget again next week. I'm impressed with the midseason turnaround. I, I'm impressed that, you know, after that losing streak, they did find a way to right the ship. I'm willing to give credit for that. I'm willing to give credit for the assets that we've chatted about already in the podcast and those assets that Ryan Pace is responsible for. I think I've made it pretty clear that a dead fish stinks from the head down. I think there needs to be some changes. I'd like to see Ted Phillips out the door. And then I'd like to see whoever comes in, that person, be an expert, be professional, be reputable, like really know his shit and make those decisions. Because let's face it, we, we see what we see, but we don't see what's going on on the inside. And I think if you're really going to get a good sense of whether or not these, these folks should stay, then you got to talk to some people in the building and find out what's been happening and the, the credibility that those folks do or do not have, the acumen for the game that they do or do not have, the relationships that they have with people. And then once you see that, then you can make a decision if you're going to hitch your wagon to them going forward. But if there seems to be any inadequacies in any of those regards, then I think you part ways right away. I think we need to start having a franchise that deals with this situation like a business. Ryan, you're going to hate me. Belichick, the Patriots. Who, who do we need to get in who's going to do the job and still have a great relationship and still be a great coach? But when it comes time to make the hard decisions and to make the educated decisions to get the best player on the board, for instance, in the draft, who's going to do that? We are so desperately in need of that type of environment, that type of personnel from the top down in the Bears organization. That hasn't changed. So, like I said earlier on, I think that Ryan Pace has earned his spot for 2021. And in fact, I think Mitchell Trubisky has probably earned that kind of placeholder position for 2021. If there was going to be one person to go, it's got to be Matt Nagy. You know what? We went eight and eight last year and we pushed in the chips. We signed uh, Robert Quinn. We, we, we got Nick Falls and I think that Ryan Pace has given Matt Nagy the talent required to win football games. He pulled Mitch after three games. 
went to Nick Foles for seven and that essentially led us to this eight and eight season yet again. And, and it's just for me, you know, I think all three are going to be back, but if, if one's going to go, it's, it's got to be Matt Nagy. We have to say enough is enough when it comes to mediocrity in this franchise. I mean, we've had a pretty amazing year. 2020, 2021 has been really good to the Bear Down Report. One of the things that we've kind of discussed is we've got to give some shout outs to some friends, some family, some people that we've interacted with that are out there that have just been awesome. And so I'm going to start it out. I've got three quick shout outs that I'm going to give to. The first one is to Pops. Robert Dengel, my dad, Rob Pops. Uh, I love you, Pops. He has supported. He has read every single thing uh, that the Bear Down Report has had. He's listened to every single podcast. And uh, he always makes sure to let us know how he's thinking and feeling about it. He always has a comment for something. I appreciate it, Pops, greatly. Thank you so much. Uh, John Piltaver, my buddy Pill, who has also listened to everything that we have put out there. He's read everything. Uh, we're texting back and forth and more than a few times, Pill, I have stolen, stolen ideas from you. So Pill, thank you so much. And the last one I'm going to go out to is Carl Hunkler was talked about in one of our podcasts uh, when we had Mike Jelinek on. Uh, Carl Hunkler was a football coach and a colleague of Jack and I. And, uh, you know, when I asked, hey, we, we, we gave you a shout out. He said, I've been listening religiously to everything and I really enjoy it. And he said he's going to come be a part of the podcast at some point to talk uh, about DBs. And I'm and man has coached defensive backs for a very long time. I'm really excited to get his his opinion on things when we go position by position breakdown in this off season. So, gentlemen, those are my three shout outs for this podcast. Who are you guys going out for? Ryan, I'm going to give you some props. I mean, you have really taken this to a next level. I mean, you are like the little, little engine that could on PEDs. I mean, I don't know how you do it. Like you record music and then you're like a husband and like one of the best teachers I know and best friends that I know. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to have a podcast and I'm going to get everybody going on it and make it happen and make sure that like we, we get the momentum going. I mean, Clearly, Mike deserves credit for the start of this, and we're so thankful to him for that. But, but I think you've been the driving force for all of this this year, so thanks, Ryan. I hate all of you. Not you listeners, just, just the other BDR staff. You hate all of us equally? I'm going to have to go with my wife as the shout-out, who's actually technically the CTO of Bear Down Report. And without her, the whole website would not exist. But the fact that she puts up with the amount of time I spend on BDR and the uh, amount of support that she gives me in this whole endeavor is, is frankly amazing. And all my love and all my shout outs gotta go uh, straight to her for kind of letting me do this, you know, the amount of hours that she's spent watching and taking care of our uh, one-year-old son while I work on the website or, or if I'm promoting some posts, you know, she does it with a smile on her face. She asks me how, how everything's going. She'll ask me about the Bears game and she'll just uh, give me a kiss and a smile and a good luck. And I'm just so thankful for, for her. This is such a wholesome podcast right now. 
I, I am so glad to have this after a Bears loss. But no, seriously, um, I would also shout out my Peggy and Steve, my parents. They, they listen every time and they always uh, compliment their son, who's, who's such a wonderful podcaster. But they obviously, uh, they love the whole podcast and then my girlfriend, Molly, as well. And the true test will be to see if she says anything about this, because I'd be very impressed if she listened all the way to the end. So if you listen to this point, Molly, wow, why? Why are you doing that? But you, you're amazing. So thank you. We're definitely going to make sure we give uh, some future shout outs to, to some people. There, there's been some interactions on Twitter. Um, I can't believe how, how quickly my, my Twitter following has grown. Um, and to some of those people, we're definitely going to give them shout outs. Uh, some of them have thrown some good questions and ideas our, our way. And so we're, we're really excited to do that. Normally it won't be this long, but just a quick shout out, hey, to this person, thank you, whatever it might be. Folks, as always, we appreciate you sharing any of the Bear Down Report content in any way that you do. If you're listening to this podcast and you're liking what you're hearing, and, and if you've enjoyed the Bear Down Report podcast, please throw us a five-star review. Uh, throw us any, any kind of sharing that you possibly can with a friend, anyone that's a Bears fan that'd be willing to listen. We would greatly appreciate it. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, you know you got to call our guy Jeff at 630-254-4734. Give him a call, give him a text. And as always, my friends, Bear down.